This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And yesterday afternoon at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins and the Dodgers played game three of their four-game weekend wraparound series. Edward Cabrera went opposite of Julio Urias. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Back here at Lone Depot Park, where the Dodgers dispatch of the Marlins this afternoon, 8-1, to the final score. It was a rough outing after a string of great ones for Edward Cabrera. Julio Urias just continued to do what he's been doing all season long for Los Angeles. Cabrera came in having worked 22 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings. That was to start the day the ninth longest streak by a pitcher in Marlins history, eighth longest by a starting pitcher. And if he could have gone six and two-thirds scoreless today, he would have set the all-time record, passing Javi Vasquez back in 2011. But it didn't take long for that streak to end. First batter of the ball game, the Marlins nemesis, Mookie Betts. Dodger blue caps and helmets. Betts slugs one out towards center. Burdick's going back on it, onto the track, at the wall. And you can say goodbye to the scoreless streak. Mookie Betts has hit a leadoff home run. It's his fourth long ball of the weekend, and it's 1-0 Dodgers. It's been a big weekend for Betts. It would be another big day for Mookie before it's all said and done here. After the Betts home run to start the day, Trey Turner worked a four-pitch walk against Cabrera. Edward came back. He struck out Freddie Freeman. But then Max Muncy singled, putting runners to the corners with still only one out in the first inning for Justin Turner. 1-2 to Turner, and that's a line drive over the leap of Miguel Rojas, base hit into left center. Turner scores, Muncy stops at second. Justin Turner, an RBI single, Dodgers lead 2-0 in the first. Cabrera came back, he struck out Joey Gallo, he struck out Gavin Lux, but when it was all said and done, it was a 29-pitch first inning. Dodgers sent seven to the plate, scored two runs on three hits and a walk, and they had the lead. Julio Urias was really good today. Wouldn't need any more runs than that. Just the two they scored in the first would have been enough, but the Dodgers added on in inning number two. First man to the plate was Trace Thompson. Thompson gets a hold of one. Deep to left, down the line. Is it fair or foul? It's a fair ball and a 3-0 Dodgers lead. The second inning starts just like the first. Well, after that... Cabrera would settle down. He retired the next 11 in a row and 12 out of 13. But Urias was rolling with a 3-0 lead. Marlins didn't have a hit until the fourth inning. Leading off the fourth, Brian Anderson. Urias, the 6-foot, 225-pound lefty with the 0-1. And Andy gets into one. Way back left field. Gallows at the wall. Goodbye, Brian Anderson with his sixth of the season. And it's a 3-1 game. And he was on base three times today. That home run and a couple of walks. And the Marlins had a chance to be right back in this game at 3-1, to one, but they wouldn't score again in the fourth, wouldn't score in the fifth inning. And in the sixth, the Dodgers broke it open and chased Cabrera. A leadoff single by Max Muncy. After Cabrera came back and retired, Justin Turner on a fly ball to right and Joey Gallo on a fly ball to center. 
He walked Gavin Lux and Trace Thompson back-to-back, so all of a sudden the bases were loaded with two outs in the sixth inning. That would be it for Cabrera. Tommy Nance came out of the bullpen, and with the bases full and two down, he pitched to the number nine batter, Austin Barnes. With the bases loaded, two down. Nance the 1-0. Ground ball up the middle behind second and threw a hit into center to bring two runs home. That's a big two-out knock by the number nine man, Barnes, and it's 5-1 Dodgers. Muncie and Lux scored. Thompson went to third. Bent at the corners. Back to the top of the order. And Mookie, Mookie, Mookie. There's a ball lined to left. Another hit for Mookie Betts. In from third base, Thompson, and it's 6-1 Dodgers. Betts is two for four today. A homer, a single, and a couple of RBIs. He would finish the day three for five, adding a double in the eighth inning. Betts three for five, single, double, homer, two RBIs. A run scored now on the season in six games against the Marlins. He is 14 for 28, hitting an even 500 with three doubles, a triple, four homers, and eight runs batted in. Dodgers led 6-1 at that point in the sixth inning. Cabrera done after five and two-thirds, allowed a season high, six runs on five hits, walked three, struck out five, Served two home runs, solo shots to Betts and Thompson. He'd allowed two home runs all season coming in. 102 pitches, new career high, 64 strikes for Cabrera today. Meanwhile, Urias was cruising along. Struck out a couple in a 1-2-3 fifth inning. Pitched around a one-out walk in the sixth inning. His day finally over after six. He allowed just the one run on the one hit, the Anderson home run. Walked four, struck out seven. 101 pitches, 68 strikes. Both teams into the bullpen. Richard Blyer for the Marlins pitched a scoreless seventh and a scoreless eighth inning in the ninth. Cole Solcer came on with Miami down 6-1, to one, and he allowed three straight hits. Freeman a single, Muncie a single, Justin Turner an RBI double after Chris Taylor worked a walk. Gavin Lux hit into a 4-6-3 double play, but that brought home a second run, and that made it 8-1 Dodgers. 8-1 is how it ends as Alex Vesia struck out a pair in a 1-2-3 bottom of the ninth. Dodgers have won two out of three to begin this four-game series. For Los Angeles today, eight runs, 14 hits, no errors, nine left. Dodgers went four for 12 with men in scoring position. For Miami, one run, only two hits, no errors, five left. Miami 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position. Julio Urias, the winning pitcher, he's 14-7. and seven. Edward Cabrera takes the loss. He falls to 4-2. and two. Time of the ball game, three hours and 14 minutes. The Dodgers with the victory now 43 and 10 in their last 53 games beginning June 29th. They are back to 50 games over 500 equaling their high water mark for the year at 88 and 38, best record in baseball. They've got the best home record at 45 and 16 with their win today. They've got the best road record at 43 and 22. As for the Marlins, well they were looking for their fourth win in 6 games, so they come up short. Miami Falls 17 under at 55 and 72 with this setback this afternoon. The Marlins now 26 and 35 here at Lone Depot Park. Marlins pitchers struck out nine Dodgers hitters here today. By now you know the drill. The Marlins and Nation again working together this year to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitcher records a strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to Nation's Drive Pink Initiative to support cancer research. 9Ks today, $225 from the Marlins to Nation overall this year. Now 1,101 strikeouts 
$27,525 in the Marlins Daughter Nations Drive Pink Initiative. Tomorrow, the final game of this four-game series, final game of the seven-game season series. Dodgers have won two of three here this weekend. They are 5-1 and one against the Marlins overall. Pablo Lopez is going to face Tony Gonsolin at 640. We'll hit the air at 610 tomorrow night with Marlins on deck. Dodgers started hot. They pulled away late. Marlins fall to 55-72 and 72 this season. Let's hear from Don Mattingly after the ballgame. Donnie Mookie, first inning, second pitch. I guess we can start off there because Edward was going to be pretty solid, but that's start. Yeah, obviously Mookie's been really good this series. I mean, he's good, all, you know, he's good a lot, but really good this series. Um, yeah, and he gets him on the board early. Um, and really just after that, for me, Edouard, first couple innings, or the first inning really, the second inning, you know, misses with a fastball and pays for that one. After that, I, th- I feel like he made quick adjustments today, him and Nick both. You know, they went to the breaking ball. Uh, they used that a lot more than the changeup and then, then got the changeup back in the mix. Um, I thought late he had a little fastball command. He didn't really throw the fastball for strikes late. Uh, it's really what ends up getting him those extra guys on base late. Um, yeah, so I thought Eddie was good. And really the big out, you know, the big hit for them for me was really Barnes. Uh, you know, we're still in the game. We got it 3-1. We got some innings to try to score. Uh, if we can get an out there, uh, that that ended up leading to three more runs because Mookie gets a, the hit right after that to give him an extra run. So, yeah, that's the out we needed and or at least to keep us where we were at. And, you know, once they get three more, it puts us on the hill that we're trying to climb gets a lot steeper. Um, on that, play by, uh, on that uh, hit by Barnes, um, it went directly up the middle. Earlier on in the game, there was a play where uh, LeBlanc um, played the ball right in front of uh, Mickey on the uh, opposite side of second base. And they had a conversation for Did that factor into the hesitation to go for that ball up the middle later on in the game? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. But it was a ball that wasn't like scalded up the middle. But it seemed like to be right in the right spot. Um, yeah, he did make the play up the middle with the slide uh, and got him early. That one just seemed to get through. Having, having Edward and Nick be able to communicate so well and work off of each other to figure out how they can change the game plan in-game. How crucial is that against such a stacked lineup that has, had already proved that they were seeing his balls really well? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to give him all the credit, but um, <laughs> Mel's got a lot to do with, you know, what we're doing and, and seeing it right away. That's why the early visit, uh, trying to trying to get him off what he was doing quick. Uh, so, but, but those guys have worked really good together. I feel like Nick has probably the best feel for Ed Warren's stuff. Uh, and has did a really, really good job with him this year. He's not about that, the part, like you said, that like he comes back and he adjusts, and the way, the growth you've seen out of him in adjusting to, you know, the second, third turn, maybe even fourth turn through the lineup when he's facing those hitters, the way he's been able to grow and, and handle that. Yeah, I think today, just the composure, too. He's got the weapons to be able to go through the lineup multiple times. So he's got different breaking balls, he's got the change up. Uh, he can do some different, he can do enough to be able to get through lineups. Um, so, but today what I liked, I think, was just the composure of just like keeping it together, not panicking, going out and continuing to pitch, making pitches, and, and keep us in the game. Is that something that's more part of who he is as a, as a pitcher and as a player, or is that something that you think has come with the experiences that he's had over the past few 
No, I think it comes for. I think it comes with experience. Obviously, it has to be part of your personality a little bit to be able to stay under control. Um, but I do, do think it comes with experience. It's harder for young guys. It gets it gets spiraling, and it gets going quick, and and then you get out of what you're wanting to do. And being able to slow it down right there is an important thing for him. Um, I think we this year is better than last. Uh, honestly, the experience that he got last year, and you you expect him to continue to grow. Do you think he would benefit from taking a little off his changeup? There was a point today his fastball velocity was down. Not that that's cause for concern, but when his fastball is at 95 and his changeup's at 93 or 94, is there a little danger there or no? I mean, is that no? I, I think it's it's a good point because when the changeup does stay up, mm-hmm. it's right in the same range. Um, but the fact that they're they're close, you would, you would like a little bit of separation, right? If you can get. You know, even for him, he throws a power change. So if that thing's closer to three or four or five, then you're better off than being one mile an hour off, right? Because if the changeup stays up, it's the same as a fastball. It doesn't do a lot. Because there's multiple times where he threw the break ball and he would come back with either the change with the fastball. There's, you know, 10, 12-mile-an-hour differential, I guess, and that's where he seemed to have a lot of success. I guess that's something to build off of for him then? Yeah, for sure. I think it just the fact that today it looked like they were trying to take the changeup from him, right? I mean, they knew what his pitch was. Uh, I think Mookie had a changeup early. I think that first one was a changeup that ran back to him, which is a dangerous pitch. Um, so I, I really think that there's days you need to, to be able to make that adjustment. You use your curveball more. Next time he goes out, it may be the changeup. Right? Next time after that, he may be able to throw his two-seam or whatever it is. He's going to have to pitch with that next time. Have you noticed with Cooper's at-bats late, is there anything that you've seen specifically that gives you some cause for concern? I know he's really struggled since the All-Star break. Yeah, it reminds me really of Ozuna. A few years back, he made the all-star team, and he came back in the second half, which was just awful. Um, I don't know if it's a letdown of coming off that game or what it is, but I don't think there's – I mean, he's had a couple of, uh, again, where his season gets interrupted, yeah. you know, from the injuries, out for 10, 10 days, and he comes back, and, he, and he's got the concussion, which is a seven to, another seven days without a lot of at-bats in between. So it's been it's been chopped up after the break, but uh, I was thinking that today watching his at bats a lot like Ozuna a few years back when he made his first All Star team, came back and it was it just wasn't good the whole second half. Any conversations that you've had with him since he's come back or in the midst of these struggles, maybe just like kind of settling him down or just any like? Mm, no, he's he's a veteran. I think he's been around long enough to to know what he's doing. He's he's a guy that understands his own swing. Um, I think the fact that the the stoppages have really hurt him. Yeah. But Brian, since he came back off the IL, it seems like you know the plate is going well. We got third home run, I think, since he came back. Um, he's like, what have you seen from him? You know, just the work he's put in, being able to get back to that point where he's starting to kind of you know, get things going. Yeah, I think Andy was has been. There's a, there was a point this season where he kind of turned the corner and everything was good. His at bats were good. He wasn't chasing. Uh, he was hitting the ball hard. Uh, and then he had, I think there was another IL for something else, right? There was something in there. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, then he came back and got going again a little bit. It was taking him a little bit, and then the shoulder. So another guy got his season chopped up. But early on, he was he had really kind of turned the corner for me this year compared to the past because he was just inside of every ball and, and seeing the ball really well. Do you think that the team has obviously struggled with injuries across the board this season, do you think that that, aside from just not having guys be in the lineup, um, having those chopped up 
periods like this, do you think that has really impacted the entirety of the team? Well, those go into the under the category of excuses, and there's a whole some good stories out there about excuses, and they don't do you much good. That was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins lost to the Dodgers yesterday afternoon. One more to go in this series. We wrap up the season series with the Dodgers tonight at 640. Pablo Lopez versus the right-hander Tony Gonsolin. He's thrusted his name into the Cy Young in the National League conversation. 640 first pitch, 610 airtime with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.